Well, good to see you today. Glad you made it. If you have a Bible with you, please turn to the book of John, chapter 11. John, chapter 11. We're not going to read it right away, uh, but we will read in verse 33 when we do. Starting there in verse 33. John chapter 11, verse 33. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, we just thank you for the gift of your Spirit. Jesus, you said, whenever two or more are gathered together in your name, you're there in their midst. And we know that's in the form of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we know you're here. We thank you, Father, that it's not just the Holy Spirit is here, but for those who are now clinging to Christ in faith, the Holy Spirit lives in our hearts. So you, Jesus, you, Jesus, by your Spirit, are with us in the most intimate way, in our own hearts. We just thank you, Lord Jesus, that that you're here, and that you said... um, Lord God, you said you would never leave us, never forsake us. Jesus, you said you'd never leave us as orphans. We thank you that you're here. We thank you, Father, for the Holy Spirit, the gentle Holy Spirit, the comforter, encourager, the paraclete, the one who stands beside and encourages and strengthens and convicts whatever we need. We believe, Father, the work of the Holy Spirit is tender, compassionate, We believe, Father, that uh, um, the Holy Spirit knows that we are broken reeds and He's not here to break us. Holy Spirit knows that we're smoking flax and He's not here to quench us. We just thank You for that Holy Spirit that You heal the broken and you, You fan into flames those who are smoking. And we just thank You for that and just ask now, Father, for the ministry of Your Spirit as we just look into Your Word look at a different, uh, just a particular aspect of your word. I just ask, Father, for the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Your word, Lord Jesus, you said the the Holy Spirit's like the wind. (laughs) He he goes and he comes and and, uh, we don't know where he comes from. We don't know where he goes, but we hear the sound of him when he's here. We know, we sense it and... and, uh, We can't control you, Holy Spirit. We just open ourselves up to you and pray you would minister to us now. We thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, most of you know that uh, my family and I just uh, recently returned from sabbatical and God did some significant things in our hearts uh, during that sabbatical. Really some life-changing things for both Molly and me. And for a couple of Sundays here, I've really just been doing a bit of a sabbatical overflow. Uh, just uh, kind of talking a bit on some of the, the different themes that were kind of resonating in our hearts over the summer. I talked the past two weeks on the idea of knowing yourself. Who, who are you? Who did God create you to be? If, if you didn't have a chance to hear those sermons, I would encourage you to get online on our webpage and, and go ahead and watch those videos. Uh, I just think there's some important content in there for our, for our entire church. 
And, and today, and maybe also next Sunday, depending on which way the Holy Spirit blows between now and then, uh, today and maybe next Sunday, I'll continue with this overflow, just, just touch on one or two final sabbatical themes, and after that I'll get back to Nehemiah, which I started before sabbatical. And, and what I want to think with you uh, about today is the theme of emotions or, or feelings. You know, Molly and I would now say, in all honesty, that we are healthier than we've ever been, uh, mentally, spiritually, uh, across the board. And one of the reasons for that is that over the past year, we've simply started paying more attention to our emotions, just a healthier awareness of our feelings, our feelings towards ourselves, our feelings towards one another, our feelings towards our kids, our feelings towards our church. Emotions are so important in the human life, so important in the Christian life. As, as a Christian, I don't ultimately want to be led or controlled by my emotions, but it is so important for me to, to have a healthy awareness of my emotions and be honest about my emotions with God and, and with other people. And, and yet a lot of Christians are very distant from their own emotions. A lot of Christians are so nervous about emotions. I know for some of you, the second I mentioned the word feelings, a little yellow flag went up in your heart. Oh no, what's he going to say about feelings? Why is that? Why is that? So many Christians so nervous about emotions. So many Christians now neglecting their emotions, denying their emotions, stuffing their emotions. And they've done that for so long now that they are virtually numb to their emotions. Many Christians not really knowing exactly what they're feeling on a daily basis. And listen, a Christian who is not in touch much at all with his or her emotions, a Christian who is stuffing and denying his or her emotions, well, you are now functioning as something less than human. And you will just not be very healthy as a Christian. Trimper Longman, Trimper Longman, he's former professor at Westminster Seminary, Trimper Longman, along with Dan Allender, who's a graduate of Westminster, both of the men in the Reformed camp like this church, they wrote a book on emotions called The Cry of the Soul, and Longman and Allender say this, Ignoring our emotions is turning our back on reality. Listening to our emotions ushers us into reality, and reality is where we meet God. Emotions, they say, are the language of the soul. Emotions are the cry that gives the heart a voice. However, they say, we often turn a deaf ear to our emotions through emotional denial or distortion or disengagement. We strain out anything disturbing in our emotions in order to gain tenuous control of our inner world. We are frightened and ashamed of what leaks into our consciousness in neglecting our intense emotions. We are false to ourselves and we lose a wonderful opportunity to know God. 
God. We forget that change comes through brutal honesty and vulnerability before God. Human emotions are the language of the soul, they say. And when we ignore our human emotions, we turn our backs on reality, we are false to ourselves, and we lose a wonderful opportunity to know God. Emotions play a critical role in the Christian life and in the human life in general. And I want to think with you today about emotions. I want to start by looking at the life of Jesus. During his life on this earth, Jesus modeled for us a perfect humanity. Jesus was and still is fully God, but Jesus was and also still is fully human. And we can see in Jesus Christ a perfect humanity. The way that God originally designed humanity to function. And what do we see when we look at Jesus, this perfect human? Well, one thing we see is some very deep emotion. A full range of human emotion. Very intense feelings. Jesus was not some emotionless robot just just kind of mechanically working his way through this life. I think that's how we read him in the Bible. We read over his emotions and we end up picturing him as some sort of emotionless robot. But he wasn't like that. No, Jesus had a very intense, very full emotional life. And And here's the thing about Jesus. It wasn't just that Jesus experienced deep emotions. No, Jesus also freely expressed his deep emotions. He was not hindered. He had a freedom to express his emotions to God his Father and to other people. Unlike many of us, Jesus was not ashamed to express his emotions. He didn't hide or, or deny or minimize or stuff his emotions. He didn't always try to keep his emotions in check. No, Jesus both experienced and also freely expressed very, very deep emotion. We'll look at just a few examples here, just some of the many ways that Jesus experienced and expressed deep emotion during his time on this earth. We'll start here, if you will, just look at, at Luke eleven thirty three. Let me set it up. Lazarus, one of Jesus' best friends, uh, just died. Jesus was now talking with Lazarus' sister Mary. And verse 33 says this. When Jesus saw her, Mary, weeping, and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit, and he was greatly troubled. And the Greek word that's used there, which is translated as deeply moved, it's a a word that refers to a strong display of emotion. It refers to a deep down indignation. It is a shuddering. It is being moved with deep anger. 
Jesus, you just picture him, he somehow is shuddering here in anger. And I believe it is in anger over what sin and death has done to his friend Lazarus. In John 2, Jesus turns over the tables in the temple in anger. Not a sinful anger, just flying off the handle in uncontrolled rage. No, that wasn't Jesus, but it was an anger, a righteous anger, a legitimate, raw, intense anger. And if you picture him in the temple in any other way than angry, then you're not picturing him correctly. And he's angry here. He is shuddering in indignation now at, 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 at the death of his friend Lazarus. And verse 3 also says that Jesus was greatly troubled. And the Greek word there indicates an inward turmoil. He was stirred up inside. It, it means that, that, that you're disturbed. You are, you are unsettled. You are distressed in your soul. And then you look at verse 34. Jesus says to to the people there, where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. And Jesus wept. And listen, don't, don't, don't rush over the word wept. Jesus wept. The Greek word there indicates a bursting into tears. A bursting into tears. Around Mary, around Martha, around all these other people who were weeping, he bursts into tears. Jesus just weeping now with those who were weeping. When was the last time that you burst into tears? When was the last time you did that? You know, so many people say, I'm, I'm just not that emotional. I just don't cry that much. I haven't cried since I was a kid. But man, is it really true that you're not that emotional? Because every human being experiences emotions. Do you think it's possible that the reason you don't cry is that maybe you just learned at some point in your life how to stuff and hide your pain in this life. And you've done it so long now that you look at yourself and you say, I'm just not that emotional. I just don't cry. You know, a lot of men were taught in an early age that bursting into tears was childish. It was sissy. Big boys don't cry. But here's the manliest of all men. The perfect man. Bursting into tears. Bursting into tears. Feeling the pain of the people around him. Unsettled, disturbed in his soul. And bursting into tears. Not by himself in a closed room. But around all of these people. Son of God in human flesh. Weeping. Those who weep. It's true manhood. And all kinds of emotions right there from Jesus. And then listen, it wasn't a sin for Jesus to feel those emotions. It was just human. Jesus was displaying there the emotions of God. 
Because Jesus is God, and God is an emotional being. You can read through the scriptures and read all kinds of emotions attributed to God. And here comes Jesus in human flesh. And yes, he's displaying the emotions of God, but Jesus was also just displaying there the raw emotions of a human being. That's true humanity. That's what it means to be human, a big part of it. Go ahead and turn over to Matthew 9.36, if you will. We'll also throw it on the screen. But just so you don't come at me later and say I didn't cover scriptures, we're going to turn to them too. So Matthew 9.36. Just another deep emotion of Jesus here. You can read language like this in lots of different places. I just chose this one. Matthew says this, When Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. There's another story, a a, a widow from the town of Nain, and Jesus sees her walking in a funeral procession behind the dead body of her son. And the scriptures say that Jesus was moved with compassion for this woman. All over the scriptures, Jesus moved with compassion. Man, if there's something that we desperately need to understand about Jesus, it, it's that he is, he is moved with compassion very quickly for hurting people. And it was a very deep feeling in Jesus. We read right over it, oh, he's moved with compassion. A very deep feeling. The Greek word there, when your Bible says he was moved with compassion, it is the word, it is the word splanknizomai. Splankna refers to the gut. When the Bible writers use that word for Jesus, they are literally saying he was moved in his bowels with compassion or with pity for the people around him. Do you know how bad your bowels can hurt when things are not right? I experienced that uh, the past week. You know the pain. Well, Jesus felt something like that. Felt it. Pierced in his very gut. A deep down painful compassion or pity for these hurting people. The good news is that Jesus still, he still moved with compassion for hurting people. Man, that's fantastic. Are you here today and you're hurting? You're sick? You're, 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 I don't know, financial trouble? Are you maybe hurting because of your own sin? You know you are broken. You know you've messed up your life. Well, I have good news for you. Jesus is moved with compassion for hurting people. And you can turn to him today. And you just turn to him and cry out for mercy. And Jesus will forgive you. Jesus will comfort you with his compassion. Or turn over, if you would, to Mark 14, 32. Mark 14, 32. 
Listen, if you, if you want a taste of the emotional life of Jesus Christ, just park in the Garden of Gethsemane for about a week. And read it and let the words hit you. Don't rush over it like we do. Take your time. Here he is in the garden right before he's betrayed and crucified. Verse 32 says this, And they went to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. And he took with him Peter and James and John and began to be greatly distressed and troubled. And he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful even to death. Remain here and watch and pray. Greatly distressed a very intense emotional state and troubled mark says and jesus man says there in verse 34 my soul disciples is very sorrowful just put that in our terms disciples i am very very very, very sad right now. I am so sad I could die right now. Just freely acknowledging openly to his disciples his deep inner sadness, sorrow, melancholy, despondency, just heavy in his soul. I'm so sad right now I could die. Not a sin for Jesus to think like that. No, just human. Just human. It's great distress and trouble and sadness. It was was human, the one and only perfect man. He was staring down the barrel of what he knew was going to be intense suffering, and his soul felt it. These intense emotions in Jesus. He felt it. And he expressed it to his disciples. When was the last time you just told someone you were sad? Not because someone just died, but because you just felt sad. When was the last time you told that to somebody? You know, you you think about that emotion of sadness. We feel that emotion a ton. Possibly every single day for various reasons. My child didn't call me. My boss looked at me weird. Pain at work, whatever it is. And there's, there's this sadness inside. But many Christians have gone so long now avoiding their sadness and stuffing their sadness. They don't even know it's there. Jesus felt a deep sadness and he told his friends about it. Pre-service prayer right up there. One of, my, uh, one of my fellow ministers of the gospel just looked and said, yeah, it was a good week, but there was some sadness inside me. And I was just so thankful he said it. 
Because we just don't hear that very much. I'm just sad. And if you feel that way right now, Jesus understands. And you know, you go on through the garden there. So many emotions. I think we see next from Jesus this very natural human fear. A a fear, I think a human fear in Jesus when, when he looks up and he says, Father, take this cup from me. You know, we have a tendency to believe that all fear is sin. It's not. Somebody yells real loudly behind you in the dark and you jump. Was that sin? No, that's human. And I think in Jesus there in the garden, it was just a natural human recoiling from what he knew was going to be intensely painful for him. And I think we see next there in the garden just, just, just this, this, this deep hurt, probably. When he returned to his disciples in his most difficult night of his life, and they were sleeping on him. Could you not watch with me, disciples? Could you not watch with me? Could you not pray with me in my worst hour? For even five minutes. You know, we, we, we look at Jesus and we just picture him in the Bible as somehow unhurtable. Bulletproof. He, he didn't hurt. This is not true. That's not human not to hurt. That's a robot. And Jesus was human. He felt the emotion of hurt way deeper than you and me. And you just think about it with Jesus. He, he, was, he was fully open to his human emotions. He wasn't blocking them or stuffing them or hiding them. He was fully open. He was fully in tune or in touch with his human emotions. He was sensitive to his human emotions. He felt the hurt. He felt it deeply. Now what you do with that hurt is the question. And he never sinned in response to his hurt. But if you can read through the Garden of Gethsemane and you see a Jesus in there who didn't hurt, you're not reading it right. He experienced that feeling, that emotion of hurt. We could go on with Jesus, man, all over the Gospels. Just see tons of pure emotion in the life of Jesus. It's just amazing how we miss it when we read through the Bible. Peter Schizero in his book, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, says this. Scripture portrays Jesus as one who had intense, raw, emotional experiences and was able to express his emotions. In unashamed, unembarrassed freedom to others. If you want to read more about the emotions of Jesus, I would encourage you to read B.B. Warfield's essay, The Emotional Life of Our Lord, or read Donald McLeod's book, The Person of Christ. They do a good job of fleshing out his human emotions. The bottom line is this. As the perfect human being, Jesus had very deep emotions. He both experienced them, and he also very freely expressed them to God his Father and to other people. 
And please listen. That right there is a healthy humanity. That's a healthy humanity. To feel deeply. And to share those deep feelings with God and with other people. You can see that kind of healthy humanity all the way through the Psalms. Especially with David, but all the psalmists. They're not afraid of their feelings. They don't stuff them. They don't hide them. They don't deny them. But that they experience them and they also express them freely. They write them down for people to read. This is just a taste. You can throw these on the screen. Just listen to these emotions. Psalm 25, 16. I am lonely and afflicted. When's the last time you looked at somebody and said, I'm lonely? We feel it regularly, I think. Or Psalm 25, 17. The troubles of my heart are enlarged. It's just emotions. It drips with feelings. Psalm 42, 5. Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? The Net Bible translation says, Why are you depressed, O my soul? Just an open acknowledgement of a depressed or downcast soul. Well, how about this one? Psalm 88, 18. My companions have become darkness. Or another translation would be, Darkness is my only friend. Man, just an expression these feelings of pain. And that right there is just a healthy humanity. Experiencing deep emotions, but also a freedom to express those deep emotions to God and others. And man, anything less than that. Listen, please hear me. Any place where we're denying, we're stuffing, we're hiding, we're neglecting our feelings, our emotions, where we're living as something less than human, something less than what God intended. And you just won't be all that healthy as a Christian if you live out your entire existence as a Christian like that. And man, the problem is that tons of Christians are now to a large degree ignoring, denying, neglecting, stuffing their human emotions. I think one of the places on this planet where you can see people stuffing human emotions more than any others is in church buildings on Sunday mornings. And we slap on a pasty Christian smile. How you doing? I'm fine. And you're hurting so bad inside you could kill yourself. I don't know. We just do it. And many Christians have neglected their emotions for so long, they are now, by and large, numb to their emotions, don't really know what they're feeling on a daily basis, and they now look at themselves and say, I'm just not that emotional. I guess when God was passing out emotions, he skipped over me, and he just made me a big head with lots of information. But no heart. I'm just going to be honest with you. That's what you'll find in a lot of seminaries. That's what you'll find teaching in a lot of seminaries. Really big, knowledgeable heads with lots of information and little emotion. 
and disciples become like their teachers. Man, you think about it, why, why is it? Why is it that we as Christians tend to deny, ignore, d- neglect, stuff our emotions some, so much? I think there's probably a number of reasons. One, I think some probably think emotions are sinful. Especially maybe the darker emotions like sadness and anger and fear. We, we think they're, that they're all sinful and we're shamed of them and we're too proud to admit them, so we hide them. No, I'm not going to share with you that I'm angry. Uh, I'll cloak it in nicer terms. I'm just a little irritated with you today. I won't really tell you that I'm just, you know, flaming mad at you, angry, or sadness. You know, I, we, just, we just don't share that, or, do, or, or fear. We, we, just, we, we associate them, I think, all as sinful. And, and the truth is, some of our feelings might be rooted in sin, sure, but listen, whatever's true is true in your life. And if you hide what's true, and you hide your feelings of anger and sadness and fear and hurt and so on, well, now you're a hypocrite. You're a pretender. You're fake. You're inauthentic now. Listen, even if your feelings are rooted in sin, The path to healing, the path to growth for you as a Christian is walking in the light. It's walking in truth and authenticity with God and others. I don't know why I'm so angry right now, but I am. I don't know why I feel so depressed, but I do. I'm so afraid. Man, when's the last time you looked at your wife and you said, I am afraid right now? The truth is you experience that emotion of fear very, very regularly. But you just don't own it. I didn't for years. (laughs) I think some Christians probably hide and stuff their emotions because they think they're sinful. But I do think there's another reason why Christians hide and stuff their feelings. Because they just don't think their feelings are all that important. You know, some of you older generation Christians, you might have grown up with this fact, faith, feeling train. (laughs) You've probably seen that thing. Uh, I won't go into all the details of it. And there's some good in it that you base your life on fact. That's the engine of the train. It needs to drive your Christian train. You You then need faith. That's your second thing. You put that in the truth. And then when you do that, put that in the truth, well, your feelings will just follow. And that is really good and true to some degree. But see, there's a very subtle message there that says your feelings just aren't all that important. They are tertiary at the best. Third in line. And you end up thinking they're not that important. Adrian Rogers. I don't mind if you use that illustration, by the way. Please just, if you do, please just highlight the importance of those feelings. Please highlight the importance of those emotions. We just, we, we, the teachings like this, I think, of, of just this idea. We have a whole generation of Christians now who believe feelings are not important. And you can go back before this generation and Christians believe they were important. 
whole generation of Christians right now, feelings really don't matter. Adrian Rogers, case in point, former longtime minister of Bellevue Baptist Church in Memphis, congregation of 25,000 people, uh, used to always say, your emotions are the least important part of you. I have nothing against Adrian Rogers. I don't know very much about him. I think he's done probably lots of good for the kingdom of God. But I will go on record and say that's a ridiculous statement. And it's simply not truthful. Where do you get that information? That your emotions are the least important part of you. (laughs) Your emotions were created by God. God himself is an emotional being. Jesus was a very emotional being. And God created you in his image to be a very emotional being. Just like him. And the emotional aspect of your being, it is just as important as the physical, spiritual, mental, sexual aspects of your being. Do you know the Bible talks about emotions way more than it talks about sex? So if there's a part of your life that is less important, it's not your emotions, it's your sex life. But we know that's important, and so are the emotions. Now listen, we all know, I think this is one of the reasons we're, 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 we're wary of emotions. Because you do need to be careful with your emotions, Emotions go up and down, we get that. They can change on a dime, yes. And as a Christian, you do want to base your life not on your fluctuating subjective emotions, but on objective biblical truth. If you are controlled, if you are led by your emotions all the time, you just act on your emotions without thinking, which I've done plenty of times, you will end up in a ditch as a Christian. You do need to be careful with your emotions, sure. You need to learn how to steward your emotions well. You need to learn how to act on your emotions in a very wise and mature way. But to say that your emotions are the least important part of you is simply not true. Emotions were very important in the life of Jesus, and emotions are very important in our lives as well. Christians, we need to learn how to honor our God-given emotions. You are not a robot. Please hear me on this. Mature Christianity is not ridding yourself of all emotion. No, mature Christianity is learning how to process and act on your emotions in a wise and mature way way but somehow we've gotten this message in the church and in our church that maturity is ridding yourself of most emotion and it's not Jesus didn't do that our human emotions are a very important gift from God Why are human emotions so important? I think a lot of reasons. I think one thing your emotions do, your emotions, they kind of tell you what's going on in your soul. They tell you what's going on underneath your hood, 
so to speak. <laughs> Trimper Longman and Dan Allender in that quote, if you'll throw this up, they said this, emotions are the language of the soul. They are the cry that gives the heart a voice. <laughs> your emotions are the language of your soul. Tell you what's going on in your soul. Are you angry at work on a particular day? Won't help to deny it. Own it. And ask God to help you gently investigate it. What's going on that you're so angry? Do you feel anxious at night? You can't sleep? Won't help you to deny it. Take sleeping pills. But it won't help you to deny the anxiousness that's there. Own it. Ask God to help you investigate it. What's going on? Why is it down there? Are you sad? Are you sad? Just heavy in your soul. Won't help a lick for you to deny that. And act like you're not. Own it. Own it. Appreciate it. Give yourself the freedom to feel it. It's okay. God already sees it. He doesn't expect you to come to him and slap on your pasty Christian smile. He doesn't want you to become a robot. He wants you to be you. And he sees the sadness. And if you will bring it to him, you will connect with him in reality all of a sudden. And not from behind your mask. Your emotions are the language, the cry of your soul. They tell you what's going on deep down in your soul. Tell you something's going on under the hood. And you do need to listen to them. And be honest about them with God and with other people. And ask God to help you steward those emotions wisely. That's one reason I think emotions are important. They, they tell you what's going on in your soul. And another one, huh, your emotions also just give you a great opportunity to connect with God. Tremper Longman, Dan Allender. There it is, back to this quote. They said this, if you throw it up, ignoring our emotions is turning our back on reality. Listening to our emotions ushers us into reality and reality is where we meet God. In neglecting our intense emotions, we are false to ourselves and we lose a wonderful opportunity to know God. We forget that change comes through brutal honesty and vulnerability before God. Please listen. If, if you deny what's really going on in your soul, you, you act like those emotions are not there, you are turning your back on reality. That's all you're doing. You're just turning your back on reality. And when you do that around other people, you turn your back on reality. You're not honest about the emotions in your soul. Do you know what those emotions do? They don't shut up. They begin to leak out sideways in ways you didn't want. 
If you're not a healthy steward acknowledging and feeling your emotions and taking them to God, you stuff them and then they begin to leak and you yell at your kids. And you're angry with the person next to you on the highway. And man, when we do that with God, we turn our back on reality. We're not honest about what's going on. It's really hard to have a deep fellowship with God when you're not honest with Him. Because here's the thing. God doesn't have fellowship with false people. So, to the degree, to the degree that you are false with God about your emotions, to that same degree, you miss out on genuine fellowship with God. God doesn't want you to be a Christian robot. He simply wants you to be you. Just as you are. Why be honest about your feelings? Because reality is where you truly meet God. It's an opportunity to connect with God in genuine fellowship. It's an opportunity to connect with other people. In genuine fellowship. I can go be with you week in and week out. And if all I ever do is just kind of confess a little surface sin to you. But I'll never really share my deep emotions with you. You don't know me very much. You just don't know me all that much. Your emotions, if you learn to be honest about them with God and other people. Man, you'll connect with God and other people in ways you never imagined. A rich fellowship. And man, over the past year, God has been opening my wife Molly and me up to this deeper fellowship with Him and with other people through our emotions. A little over a year ago, God began to convict me personally in this area of emotions. I had pastored this church for over five years. And reading through the Bible and praying a year ago, talking with Molly, talking with my other elders, talking with my friends, I just began to realize that I was really pretty numb as to what I was really feeling deep inside of me. Functioning A little bit like a robot. I could tell, man, I had some deep emotions, some stuff in there, but I I couldn't name the emotions if you had a gun to my head. (laughs) Man, it it just felt like this, 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 this blah inside of me. I couldn't discern, is it sadness? Is it fear? Is it anger? Is it hurt? Is it lonely? Is it gladness? I don't know. But that's what happens when you've denied your emotions for a long time. Your feeling muscles become very, very weak, and all of a sudden you can't discern between hurt and gladness. You don't know what it is. That was me, to some degree, just felt kind of mushy inside, blah. So I started about a year ago just trying to journal what I was feeling. In my devotions, pen in hand, just asking myself a couple seconds in the morning, what am I feeling today? And I would wait and then write it down. And then take it to Jesus in prayer. It sounds silly, simple, 
but it opens up just a new level of, of, of fellowship, closeness with Jesus. And listen, the more I did that and just began to think through what am I feeling, what are my emotions, the more I did that, I actually started to wake up to some of my true emotions. I started to be able to recognize them. I started to be able to name them more clearly. I started to be able to tell Molly more clearly, this is what I'm feeling. And then the more I paid attention to my true emotions last year and woke up from this numbness, you, you know what I started to see? I started to see things like sadness. Just a very deep level of sadness inside of me. Not the first time it was there. I was on antidepressants in my 20s for the sadness. But I learned how to stuff and stuff and stuff over the years. I became absolutely numb to it. But it was there and I began to see it. I took my two boys to Boston this summer on our sabbatical. We stayed overnight there uh, and went to a, a Red Sox game at Fenway Park. And the next day, sitting alone on the beach, back on the beach, reading my Bible that day. And I just felt so sad. That's it. I didn't know why. And I finally texted it to a, a good group of friends I have. And I just said, I feel so sad today for some reason. I don't know why. I just want you to know it. And you know what? One of those friends texted back. Do you know what he said? It's okay, Brett. Just to feel sad. And you don't have to know why. Jesus loves you even in your sadness. Just give it to him. And I can honestly tell you, I don't know if anyone in my life has ever just said to me, it's okay, Brett, just to feel sad. Without then trying to fix it in some way. And he just gave me the freedom to feel it. And I wept on the beach. And that right there, I connected with Jesus that day in a way I hadn't in a long time. And I began to see some of the reasons I had felt sad for years. But if I'd have blown right past it, I would have missed it again. And I'm thankful the Lord wouldn't let me do it. It was in and through that sadness that I experienced the love and comfort of Jesus in a deep way. I also started to see over the last year as I woke up to my own emotions, I started to see a lot of fear. At the end of my sabbatical, I spent eight days alone at a prayer cabin. And one morning, I was spending time in the Word. I was spending time in prayer. And I just didn't feel that great inside. And in years past, I would have just plowed right through and kept up with my reading and kept up with my prayers. I would have plowed through, but I didn't do it this time. I paused that morning and just asked Jesus, what am I feeling right now? And it was clear as could be, I'm just anxious. I'm so anxious right now about going back to my position as a pastor in this church. Anxious about the heavy burden that I have felt at times for various reasons. Anxious about it. I didn't want to get back under a heavy burden. And you know what the root of anxiousness almost always is? It's fear. Now we say, I'm just anxious because that sounds better to us, but the root of anxiousness is almost always fear. I was afraid of coming back into my role as a pastor under what has felt like a burden at times. 
And I think it was a very natural fear. But man, when I actually acknowledged the fear and I owned it, and I just began to talk with Jesus about it, it all of a sudden opened up all kinds of great insight into why I felt that burden at times over the past seven years. And I journaled and took up about a whole book of, of journaling just over what, what that was telling me, just in the presence of Jesus. I started seeing over the past year feelings of hurt, and resentment, bitterness, anger, loneliness, gladness. And I feel today in many ways like I'm still just beginning to actually wake up to my true emotions. There's this uh, coming out of this numb emotional stupor that, that we live in as Christians. But I'm waking up. Molly is too. Beginning to recognize our emotions. Beginning to be honest about them with one another, with our kids. And with other people. And it's opened up all kinds of new and deep, very rich fellowship with God. My wife, my kids, my friends. I'll probably talk more with you in the future about emotions. I am considering a sermon series on emotions because I think our entire church is probably unhealthy to some degree in this area of emotions. So you may hear more about it in the future. But for now, I just want to encourage you to do a couple things just as we close here. If you want to be healthier in your life, just simply healthier in your life in this area of emotions, I want to just encourage you to do a couple things. You know, it, it really takes a couple of things in order to be healthier emotionally. You have to first start seeing your emotions. And then you really need to start sharing your emotions. You first have to just start seeing your emotions. Most of us have not really seen our true emotions for years. So just start asking yourself occasionally, you know, in the morning or something, what am I feeling right now? And see if you can name it. I'll, I'll bet if you haven't done this in a while, you're going to struggle to no end. <laughs> I don't know what I'm feeling. See if you can name it. Take just a couple of minutes. Your, your, your devotion time, journal. Just be quiet. Quiet your soul. Don't move quickly and don't just say, I'm tired. Tired's not an emotion. Tired's a condition. <laughs> that makes you feel very sad. There's the emotion when you're tired. Man, just, just, just see if you can name it, put it down, what you're feeling. Try to be specific. I'm feeling frustrated, hopeful, angry, sad, peaceful, fearful. And then just allow yourself to actually feel that in the presence of Jesus. It's okay. He loves you just the way you are. Give yourself the freedom to feel what you're feeling. Ask him to help you explore that a little bit. Just give it to him. It's amazing the healing presence of Jesus. Just being with him in reality. Not in fakeness, but in reality that's healing to our souls. He's not asking you to deny your feelings. It's paste on a smiley face. Give yourself the freedom to feel your feelings in his presence. Give them to him. Name it. When you go through the day then, when you're feeling something's not right, don't just rush right past it. Pause. What am I feeling right now? What is this? And tell, tell, tell somebody maybe, but, but what is this thing? Pay attention. Listen to the language of your soul. That's the first thing. We really just got to start seeing our emotions. If you do that, you're going to start seeing them more clearly. And the next thing then is, is we got to begin to kind of share our 
emotions at, at some point. Begin to share them with God and with other people. Whatever's true about you is true. Begin to share them. Share them with God. Tell, tell Jesus. Tell, tell God. But listen, tell other people. Tell other people. Husbands and wives, I would encourage you to tell your spouse. And one thing that Molly and I will now do is just periodically look at each other and say, what are you feeling? And we know now not to rush past that question, but to pause and think and name it in honesty. Say that with your friends. I encourage all life groups to do this in your DNA groups. Don't just sit around and confess sin. Go around the group. What are you feeling right now? And see if you can begin to share that. It's hard. Men, it's hard. For you, the first time to look at another man and say, I feel fear, you're going to be like, I'm the biggest sissy in the room. And Jesus says, you're the biggest man in the room. You're the biggest man in the room right now. The courage to show your true emotion. Man, may God help us to do it because I do think we have an issue here. May God help us to do it. And I'm telling you, it will open up new avenues of fellowship with Him and with other people that we never ever imagined. And the world will taste it. Lord, I thank you for your word. Just thank you for what we see in the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's thank you, Father, for, um, yeah, that the eternal Son of God, highest of the high, would come to earth, take on human flesh, and then not be an emotionless robot. But he would feel hurt, sadness, melancholy, lonely, angry, glad, full spectrum of our God-given human emotions. Lord God, I just ask you would forgive us. You would forgive us for elevating some idea of humanity. Elevating it up, saying this is the model, this emotionless humanity. Just ask you forgive us. You wake us up, Lord. To our own emotions, to the emotions of people around us. Our spouse, our children our neighbors. You'd wake us up. You'd help us to listen and listen to this language of the human soul. In Jesus' name, amen.